chapter 18. For the last three weeks, we've been talking about relationships. And as we all know, relationships can be difficult at best sometimes to navigate through. Am I, am I right there? <laughs> I was having a conversation with somebody a, a while back, and uh, in the conversation, uh, this individual said, People are exhausting. <laughs> and I and I I just amen. I I I I've heard that phrase before, but I hadn't I hadn't heard it in a while, and I thought, wow, what what an incredible statement. Because cannot people be exhausting? <clears throat> Absolutely, and we're gonna talk about that. So <laughs> so <clears throat> Last week, we talked about our response in relationships. Uh, uh, we talked about the need to be vulnerable, um, the need to be honest, civil, and the, pedum and the peace and freedom that comes when we let go. And I, I made this statement. I went back and copied it and pasted it so I got it right. It says, there is an incredible peace and freedom that comes when we let go of hurt, grudges, and anger. And, and I, I believe that statement. I, I, I think that <clears throat> we become imprisoned, if you would, when we allow these things to control us. And there is a freedom that <clears throat> comes when we let them go. So last week, I briefly uh, touched on the area of forgiveness uh, so this week, we're starting a three-week series on forgiveness. <clears throat> and um, how, how many of you struggle with forgiveness other than me? Okay, we all do. See, it, it goes against our nature to forgive someone who has hurt us, does it not? It, it, that is the... Nat our, 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 our nature does not <clears throat> just, oh, I need to forgive you. <clears throat> what does our nature want to do? Exactly. We, we want to put up a wall and we want to, we, we want, we want vengeance. Um, <clears throat> in, in a minute, so, so the title, the title uh, of the message this morning and for the next two weeks um, and I want to stop right here. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and give you the title. It says, uh, Striving Together in Forgiveness. Striving Together in Forgiveness. Um, as I contemplated, I typically, um, Palm Sunday, which is next Sunday on the Christian calendar, and then the Sunday after is what? Easter Resurrection Sunday. So <clears throat> I, I contemplate, and I still might, um, I contemplated as normal uh, preaching a, a Easter specific uh, on Easter Sunday and a Palm Sunday message on Palm Sunday. But as I as I've been thinking about it, is not what Christ did on the cross forgiveness? Amen. 
The ultimate forgiveness. So chances are <clears throat> we're just going to keep talking about forgiveness because that, that's really what the cross is all about. Excuse me. In a minute, we're going to read a parable. And this parable will probably be very familiar to many of you. Uh, some of you, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. But the parable is a result of a question that Peter asks Jesus. <clears throat> In Matthew chapter 18... Let's start reading in verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? And, and we all know the answer to this question, right? And Jesus, and Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto, uh, unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. So does... <clears throat> Does that mean that there is a there is a number of times that somebody can hurt or offend you and then once they cross that threshold then you're allowed to pounce on them. No. What was Jesus saying? Just keep forgiving. Okay? Now, there's something here <clears throat> that we we need to understand because Peter is wanting to know something that many of us struggle with and that is how many times do I have to bite my tongue before I can bite their head off and Peter says seven times and and we think and we 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 hear that and we <clears throat> at least for you I I don't know about you but for me that to me that's a that's a random number seven times you know what, what what's up with the why not ten or you know the reason why is because in the Jewish law <clears throat> of that day, you only had to forgive somebody four times. On the fifth time, they're fair game. So what Peter was actually saying was, <clears throat> hey, I'm going to be a good Christian. I'm going to give them seven times. And I'm sure he expected Jesus to pat him on the back and say, good job, buddy. But what does he do? He says, no, you just keep forgiving. <clears throat> every one of us, every one of us can relate to Peter's question. Because every one of us has been hurt disappointed, taken advantage of, you fill in the blank. Every one of us has. That is why I spoke last week on the fact that we need to be vulnerable. And in order to forgive, we need to be vulnerable. Striving together in forgiveness. It, it, the, the reality is this. We as a church will not be able to strive together if there is unforgiveness in our midst. It's that simple. 
Let's start reading in verse 23. Now, Jesus, we, we, we read the question in verses 21 and 22. <clears throat> now let's read the parable. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, uh, one was brought unto him that owed him 10,000 talents. Now, let me just say this. 10,000 talents in that day was an exorbitant amount of money. I mean, we're talking probably into the millions of, of today's dollars. Okay? <clears throat> but for as much as he had uh, not to pay, uh, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment uh, to be made. The servant, therefore, fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will, I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. The same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. Okay, the, the amount here is more than likely in today's dollars would be less than $100. So you, you kind of get the, the, the context of what's going on here. Um, uh, and, he, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down <clears throat> at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me, and I will repay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till <clears throat> he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto the Lord all that was done. And when the Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest, of, uh, desirest me. Should not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors uh, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise, Shall ye shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye <clears throat> from your hearts uh, forgive not every one his brother their trespass. Let's pray, dear Lord. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. And Lord, as we <clears throat> look at this very familiar parable. I ask that you would open our hearts and that you would help us to see our need to forgive. Forgiveness is something that will make us vulnerable, that will be difficult, but it is so necessary. Help us, dear God, to walk with you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. 
Amen. <clears throat> In the parable that we just we just read, uh, Jesus tells a story, a parable that I believe all of us can understand. Can we not? I mean, they're, they're, this is not a complicated parable. Some of his parables were a little more involved and, you know, you had to really think through. But this one is pretty straightforward. The problem with this parable is not understanding the parable. The problem with this parable is living the parable. I want to look at this morning, the, my first point this morning is I want to look at the participants. The participants. <clears throat> Verses 23 through 30 uh, identify basically three participants. We have the Lord, we have servant number one and servant number two. <clears throat> so um, in, in this idea of the participants, let's look at uh, point number A, uh, the offended. <clears throat> now, we have two people that were offended or for the context of our passage here that were not paid. Okay? The offended. Uh, that would be the Lord and servant number one. Those were the ones that <clears throat> were offended. So, <clears throat> the context of the parable is debt. The first man owed the Lord, uh, or his his king or his lord, uh, with a small L, by the way. Um, uh, he owed him an exorbitant amount of money. Uh, the second servant owed the first servant just a small amount of money. Again, this is important, and, and we'll tie it all up at the end. Uh, so just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. In John chapter 16, Jesus gives us an incredible warning about being offended. Um, the reality is, every one of us, every single one of us, is going to be offended in some way or another. Jesus in John chapter 16 and verse 33 says this, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. That is a statement of fact. Tribulation is going to be part of your life. It's not a maybe. It's a it's a it's a it's a when. If you if you are not in the midst of tribulation right now, then you have been recently or you're going to be soon. It's part of the cycle of life. In this world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So Jesus tells us straight up to expect tribulation, to expect difficulties in this world. 
he warns us and he also directs us how to respond when these difficulties come. Uh, same chapter, uh, chapter 18 in Matthew. Uh, let's go back to verse 15. The Bible says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between uh, <clears throat> thee and him alone. And, he, and if he shall uh, hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then uh, take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. So, Jesus not only warns us or tells us, hey, tribulation is coming, but when you are offended, when or you are hurt, or you have been taken advantage of, you need to go to that individual and say, hey, look, you, you, you hurt my feelings, you, 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 you fill in the blank. And, and this is to be a one-on-one -on -one thing. This is not to get on Facebook and blast it all over Facebook. <clears throat> the scriptural thing is to go to that individual, just you and that individual. No one else. And I'm here to tell you, more often than not, if you are willing to do what the Lord said to do in Matthew chapter 18, <clears throat> more often than not, my experience has been when I have done this, I've gone to somebody, the first thing out of their mouth is, I had no idea, I'm sorry. Have you ever hurt somebody's feelings and not known it? Why do we then just accept the fact that every time somebody hurts me, they do it on purpose. And the reality is, if you will go through the step, the biblical steps that Jesus gives us, and you will go to that individual, oftentimes you can fix a problem before it ever happens. So this is the this is the wrong way. Okay, we we read we read it. <clears throat> this is the, the wrong thing to do. Don't, don't let it fester. What, what happens when we let us a, a, a sore fester? It gets worse and it gets infected. Don't, don't let it fester. Bitterness will destroy you. Don't let it turn into bitterness. Don't gossip about it. And most certainly do not seek revenge. So what do we do? We don't ignore the problem. One of the one of the, the the most difficult things that I deal with as a pastor has been getting people to understand that if there's a problem, you need to deal with it. Don't 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 ignore it. Just just face it straight on. But most importantly, always, always, always seek restoration. The point of going 
like Jesus said, the point of going to this individual to, to let them know that, hey, you've offended me, you've done whatever, and, and <clears throat> is not so that you can, you can get one up on them. The point is restoration. In his book, Lee, The Last Years, Charles Floyd <clears throat> wrote that after the Civil War, Robert E. Lee visited a Kentucky uh, woman who took him to the remains of a great old tree in front of her house. There she bitterly cried <clears throat> that, uh, that, it, uh, that its limbs and trunks were destroyed by federal artillery fire. She looked at Lee for words of uh, condemning uh, the North or at least sympathizing with her loss. After a brief silence, Lee said to her, cut it down, madam, just cut it down. It is better to forgive the injustice of the past than to allow it to remain and let bitterness take root like a poison in your life. And so often that's exactly what we do. We are hurt and we leave the tree in the front yard so that everybody who drives by can see it and feel sorry for us. And every time we see it, a little bit more bitterness grows in our hearts and our lives. And Robert E. Lee got it right. Just cut it down. Just cut it down and be done with it. Okay, we talked about the offended. Now let's talk about the offender. In our parable, we see uh, the offenders uh, are pretty obvious. It's the two servants that were unable or unwilling to pay back the debt. It's easy to acknowledge when we've been hurt, when we have been taken advantage of. Again, forgiveness needs to be a huge priority in our lives. But let, let, for, let, let's turn the tables, if you would, uh, this morning. And, <clears throat> and let's talk about what happens when you become the offender. Because really, is, is that not the most important thing? How, how, do, how do we fix it when we were the ones that did the, the offending? Jesus gives us instructions how to respond when we've been done wrong. But he also gives us instructions on how to respond when we are the ones that are the offenders. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there <clears throat> rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. God's will 
for our lives is reconciliation. And one of the things that God will often do, particularly in church, now here we're talking about the Old Testament uh, 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 religious practices because of the altar and so on and so forth. But obviously we don't, we don't have that anymore. But there are times that we come to church and we hear a sermon and God pricks our hearts and says, hey, so-and-so, you and so-and-so need to work things out. And we, we shut it down in our hearts and we say, no, I, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to fix it. Well, <clears throat> let me just say this. Uh, don't bother praying. Don't bother trying to <clears throat> ask God for blessings in your life if you're unwilling to do what he's asked us to do. Many years ago, Melanie and I were sitting in the, our living room. This has been many years ago, probably close to 30 years ago. And uh, we were actually getting ready to go to bed, and uh, there was a knock at the door. And it, I don't know about you, but, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, it, it, it's never a good time for somebody to knock on your door. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I went to the door, and I opened the door, and there was a family member standing at the door. And I said, come on in, you know. And, and I could tell immediately that this individual had been crying. So she came in and sat down and started doing this verse. She'd been harboring bitterness in her life. And, and, and she had done things uh, that, that had hurt my wife and I over the years. But she came to us and she, she, she did everything she could to make it right. Again, like I said, this was 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Well, I had to work the next day. <laughs> so I listened to her for a little while. You know, we prayed. And then finally I said, hey, I've got to get some sleep. So I went to bed and my, my wife and, and this lady sat up all night long just making things right. See, that's how, that's how it works. And their, 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 their relationship blossomed. In all of this, there's an important truth. If you have done something inadvertently or uh, intentional to hurt someone, don't bother praying if you're not willing to make it right. Say, Pastor, boy, that's a, that's a harsh statement. Well, let me show you what I'm, what I'm talking about. In Psalm chapter 66, verse 18, it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand <clears throat> is not shortened, 
that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquity have, iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have <clears throat> hid your face from you that he will not hear. Say, wait a second, Pastor. I thought I thought God was a forgiving God. God is an absolutely a forgiving God. But when He tells us how to ask for forgiveness, now if if <clears throat> let, let's just turn it around and say that, that 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 this family member that came over and asked for forgiveness, and my wife and I had said, look. You know, you you have hurt us deeply. And you know what? We're not going to forgive you. And that 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 can happen, can it not? Who who then is at fault? We would have been. Not her. And God would have been been more than willing to pour out his blessings in her life. The participants of our story are are important. But there's one more I want to talk about, and that is letter C, the certain king. The certain king. The the Bible says, let's um, let's go back and and, and read it. Uh, Excuse me, verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven liken unto a certain king. It doesn't say a king. It says a certain. So so Jesus is is literally talking about a specific a specific king. This parable is a picture of the forgiveness of Christ in our lives. It is it is a it is a wonderful picture of the forgiveness of Christ because he is the certain king, is he not in our lives? We are totally unable to pay back the debt that we owe. Think about this. You know the, the the first the first servant owed an incredible amount of money, and he was unable to pay it. And this picture here of Jesus Christ saying, "You know what? The debt is erased." What a beautiful picture! Beautiful picture. Now, Matthew chapter five and verse verses up forty three and forty four. It says, "Ye have heard that it has been said." Uh, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemy, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Jesus very clearly, very very clearly sets the parameters for who and what we are supposed to forgive. And that is everyone. Who is Jesus going to forgive? Everyone who asks. 
See, the asking has to be made. And he'll forgive. I was wondering, as I was studying through this, I was wondering how different this parable would would read if the certain king had been standing next to the first servant when the second servant asked for forgiveness. Think about this for a second. I, I don't know. Obviously, I wasn't there. But had the king been present in the second conversation, I think the result of that conversation would have been a whole lot different. See, the presence of the king makes a difference. Look at verse 31. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. The king wasn't there, but he found out. Then what does it say? He was was very wroth or he was very mad because he had forgiven this servant an incredible debt. And yet he could not show that same compassion. It reminds me of Numbers chapter 23, verse, excuse me, 32, verse 23. But if ye will not do so, behold, Ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sins will find you out. As Christians, we need to remember that our certain king is an omniscient king. He's all-knowing. He knows everything that's going on in this world. He knows the thoughts and intents of our hearts. There is nothing that you can think, nothing that you can say that he does not know. And not only is he omniscient, but he is omnipresent. Those are two very big words that I always have trouble spelling. But omnipresent means that he is everywhere at the same time. So we need to remember in our lives that the king is always there. And just as I believe the the first servant's actions would have been different had the king been present, we need to remember that our king is always present. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Nowhere. I have yet to find it. If it's in, if it's in the Bible, I haven't found it yet. <clears throat> Nowhere does it say that forgiving someone who's hurt you 
is easy, but it is mandatory. There's a, there's a, there's a hidden lesson in all of this that I, I, I want to point out to you because this is, if you don't get anything, get this this morning. Look at verse 26. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will repay thee all. Look at verse 29. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay thee all. Both of these statements are word for word identical. But the Lord had compassion, and the servant did not. Have patience with me, and I will repay thee all. Here is the truth. There is virtually no difference between the way God forgives our sin and the way we are supposed to forgive others. It's the same process. It's over and it's done. At the very beginning of our passage, I think it's in verse 23, it says, And uh, therefore uh, is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would uh, take account of his servants. And he began to reckon. Do you you know what the word reckon means? Those of you from the south, um, (laughs) reckon can mean just about anything. Um, Yeah, if you're from the south, you, you know, I, I, you can answer about any question with I reckon. I guess. <laughs> you know, I reckon. Oh, what do you, you know, anyway. But that, that's not what this means, okay? <laughs> um, this It's an accounting term to to reckon, reconcile is, is the word we would use today. And and what when, when we reconcile our checkbooks, those, <laughs> here we go again, you. <clears throat> You, you, us old people still have those, okay? <laughs> what, do, what do we do? We, we balance, do we not, everything that we've spent and the four cents that's left and make sure everything comes out even. Isn't that how it works? When we, when we reconcile. And see, that's what this, this king was doing his his books were out of balance and he was he was he brought the servant to him and said hey you owe me x amount of dollars where is it i need to balance my books well i can't pay it and he has compassion on him and he forgives the debt what a wonderful again what a wonderful picture what jesus did for us but when he comes to the second servant <clears throat> he he grabs him around the throat. That, that's a little brutal. And he throws him in prison. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I st- to this day don't understand the point of throwing somebody in prison that owes you money. 
Exactly. That's what I'm like, okay, how does that work? Anyway, so what he does is he throws him in prison. It's, and it wasn't a normal prison. It was a, what they call a debtor's prison. And they actually could work and earn money in the prison, but they couldn't keep any of it. It had to go to the person that they owed. <clears throat> Do you understand what Jesus is doing here? Jesus is painting a beautiful picture of forgiveness in our lives and the need for forgiveness in our lives. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard this statement, but Pastor, you don't understand what he or she did to me. And the truth is, I don't know. I wasn't there. I, I don't know what that person did to you. But I do know this. God still wants you to forgive him. The debt of the second servant that was far less than the debt of the, sec of the first servant. <clears throat> Think about this for a second. How much has God forgiven you? It's an unbelievable. If, 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 if we were to equate our sin in dollars, it would be off the charts what we owed God. But yet we are unwilling to forgive a person who's hurt us. You see the picture here? It's an incredible picture of forgiveness. And putting in perspective what Christ has forgiven me for, I can forgive. Because the reality is, I can forgive what somebody has done to me because of what Christ has done for me. See, we can forgive so easily when we understand the parameters of forgiveness. What, what God has forgiven me for is far greater than anything that anybody in this room could ever do to me. And I need to forgive because I'm forgiven. Let me close with this. There is an incredible peace and freedom that comes when we let go of hurt, grudges, and anger and learn to forgive like Christ forgave us. Well, I lied to you. Let me reread re this verse, um, Matthew 18, <clears throat> verse 21. And, then, and uh, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how oft shall I, let's see, hold on. How oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him until seven times? And Jesus said unto him, I say unto thee, I say not unto thee until seven times. 
but until 70 times 7. Let's just keep forgiving. But the key here is oftentimes we fail when we are the offender. And we need to be willing to reach out and say, you know what, I'm sorry. And do your best to reconcile with a fellow brother or sister in Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, I ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would encourage us, that you would help us to be more like you in everything that we say and do. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you, Is there anybody who say, Pastor, God has spoken to my heart this morning. It could be about forgiveness. It could be about it could be about anything. But is there any anybody who would say, Pastor, God has spoken to my heart. Will will you pray for me? If that's you, just lift your hand. Amen. Is there anybody who say, Pastor, I don't know the Lord. I've never trusted the Lord as my Savior, but I, I need to, I want to. Will you pray for me as well? If that's you, just lift your hand and I'll see it and pray for you. Lord, you know our hearts. And you know the struggles that each of us carry. Lord, help us to be more like you. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.